Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast extension of show 478. Our guest for today is Dr. Dan Davis, professor of classics, history, and marine archaeology in the history department at Luther College. We're going to be talking about the defense POW MI accounting agency. The history buffs joining us are Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. Ed, you get to start us off this time. Thanks, Jay. Dan, are there any other nations, um, and I'll throw out Germany and England, um, that are involved in this kind of thing as well, or doing this? And then, uh, and if so, um, does does your uh, group collaborate with these other uh, other entities that may be doing the same stuff? So the short answer is yes. There are other nations that, that take part in accounting for their war debt also. Um, not to the same extent as the United States. We go through extraordinary measures to do this. Uh, other countries, not so much. Uh, Germany does to some extent, uh, but they, their program is, is, uh, is very small uh, in proportion to the number of war dead on their on their tallies um australia and new zealand i believe also take part in some of this uh, but also to a limited extent so uh, the united states is i I don't want to say we're the only ones who do this but we certainly are the only ones who dedicate the 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 sheer amount of resources for doing so um we have we have encountered uh the you know we found airplanes belonging to other nations in the pursuit of American airplanes. Um, having worked in the West Pacific, there were a number of Japanese planes that we discovered a few years ago. And the, the, the protocol is simply to report the discoveries to the Japanese embassies in those respective countries. Um, but we don't ever expect the Japanese to send out a team looking for human remains in those airplanes. We, we don't take a, an approach of you know, of looking through Japanese airplane debris for, for, for human remains. That's just not what we do. Um, and it would be disrespectful, disrespectful for us to do so. Um, so all we can do is pass on that information to Japan and see what they do with it. And it's my understanding that they rarely ever do anything. Okay, um, I have to ask, have you worked in the waters off Vietnam? Personally, no, I never have. Uh, people from our team have, uh, including, in fact, a recent discovery of a B-52 uh, bomber from, from uh, Vietnam era uh, in which a pilot was recovered. Uh, that one's been in the news, so I can, I can give that tidbit out. Um, that's pretty rare for us to find Vietnam aircraft, especially jet-powered. They tend to hit the water at a much higher rate of speed, and they're, mm. therefore they're much more difficult to find human remains on. Sure. Sure. Terry. Yes, Dan, on the website for Project Recover, I just want to have a shout out to the documentary To What Remains. It was all inspiring. And I just want to say how amazing uh, the work you and your team do. Uh, If people would like to be a donor to the organization, what do they need to do? Sure. Thank you for that excellent question, Terry. So to what remains is, is right, is this documentary, hour and 20 minute long documentary of, of the founding and some of the um, uh, projects that we've, we've worked on. Um, 
if you if you're interested in donating to Project Recover, go to projectrecover.org, and there you'll see um, specific directions on on how you can give and how you can direct your donation to be spent. Um, I highly encourage your listeners to do so. We are um, we operate on limited funding um, on, on 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 one branch of the Project Recover um, list of projects. And on the other, we, we receive some funding from the federal government for our work, but not for everything. So donations would be greatly appreciated. Dan, you mentioned during the radio segment that sometimes when you're looking for things, you might stumble on to others. And that was certainly a question that I had, um, particularly if you're looking in areas like the Baltic or the Mediterranean or... Um, you know, maybe in, in, uh, uh, the Black Sea or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious, have you stumbled onto, since your area is Roman, um, Roman and Greek and Roman, um, marine archeology, span have you stumbled onto wrecks that you didn't know existed and that might turn into more traditional archeological research projects at some point along in, in, in the future? Yeah, the short answer is yes. We have just, in fact, this past summer in Croatia, um, we uh, we stumbled upon in, what in the sonar appears to be an ancient shipwreck. And um, I've seen over the years, I've seen a number of ancient shipwrecks, what they look like in the sonar. And I can say this one was is definitely an ancient shipwreck. <laughs> and so the uh, my Croatian colleague that I was working with, uh, who is also a marine archaeologist, uh, she's like, you need to come back, and we're going to launch a different project to go look at this shipwreck. Mm-hmm. And so we, that is in the, in the works, and we're hoping that we can get back there and, and investigate it more. But one of the problems we have is that, uh, at least in Croatia, it, the wreck is deep. It's around mm-hmm. 300 feet deep. Ooh. It's really beyond anything I can dive on, according yeah. to the university rules of diving. Right. So... Um, we, uh, this is one of those instances where we may have to hire a dive team uh, to come in and do the work for us, which, of course, is not all that much fun. Right. Yeah. No, not nearly as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but it, but this does happen, exactly. And we find uh, – so in terms of airplanes in the West Pacific, yeah, you're going to find Japanese planes okay. everywhere in addition to U.S. planes. Um, and you do find other kinds of shipwrecks, like more, you know, more uh, – from more recent periods. Um, again, working in Croatia again, there was one shipwreck that we found that dates to, I think, the, the late 18th century in, in our survey area. And uh, it turns out that as soon as we reported it, local fishermen said, oh, yeah, we already know about that one. <laughs> so they don't want to report it because that's where the fish are. Right. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Don't mess up my fishing ground. <laughs> yeah. The fish like to uh, to hang out at those shipwrecks. Sure. <laughs> That's great. Again, who would have thought that that would be an issue, right? I mean, you know, those of us who don't do this for a living, that that you'd be dealing with with uh, local what fish um, fishery uh, access or whatever as as part of the can I get in there and do what I need to do? Yeah, and then you have to ask permission from uh, those different ministries and those countries that control fishing grounds. You have to ask permission to get in there to look for shipwrecks. Um, because it's an economic resource for those countries. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's all very tightly controlled, and you have to get the right permits. Of course, as with all things. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ed. Um, yeah, Dan, do you have any idea why the Japanese um, don't don't uh, follow up on the information you're providing? Is that a cultural thing in terms of just wanting to continue moving away from their role in World War II? Or is there something else going on? So, you know, I, I think that you may have answered part of it. Um, and I think that, I, and I'm, by the way, I'm just, I'm not an expert on this, and, I'm, and I, I can only guess and speculate. And so I apologize sure. to those people who know better than I do. But um, I, I think part of it has to do with Japanese religion. Uh, they're not necessarily concerned with physical remains of their war dead as they are the spiritual remains of their war dead. Um, I, I've heard tell of, of uh, certain um, sunken vessels in the Western Pacific, that is shipwrecks, that um, were explored by recreational divers, and they and they were Japanese shipwrecks, and they were pull and people were pulling out body parts, you know, skulls and long bones and that sort of thing, and taking them as souvenirs, and the Japanese did step in. Uh, to their credit, they stepped in and said, "No, this isn't right," and they gathered up all of the all of the human remains that they could, and then had a ceremony for them on shore. So I, I, I don't want to to minimize what the Japanese are doing. Certainly, they are concerned, uh, but they're more concerned with desecration of remains than they are with recovery of remains. Sure, Terry. Yeah, Dan. For families of MIAs who might be listening to this show. What are some steps that they can take to find out more information about their loved ones? Uh, So what I would encourage them to do is to get in contact with the DPAA. Just go to the DPAA website, which I believe is uh, dpaa.mil or is it .gov? I kind of forget now, uh, to be honest. Uh, But um, there at the the website, you will be able to um, start a conversation with one of the personnel with the DPAA, and, and, and then you could, um, they'll give you advice on how to submit freedom of information requests to find out more about uh, their deceased. Um, if I might expand on that just a little bit, uh, my girlfriend Donna, she has a, a, a relative who was lost in World War II, and she, all she knew was that he was lost in the Pacific in an airplane crash. He was shot down. I did a, within two minutes of just a little bit of internet sleuthing, uh, we found him online. We found out the name of the plane. We found out where the plane went down. And all of this is because of, uh, not because of DPAA websites, but because of private individuals who are putting up a lot of government information on their websites. So odds are pretty good that you could find out at least minimal information about your deceased loved one, your, uh, your distant relative. Um, and then you can follow up with looking at the DPAA website and, uh, and starting a conversation with someone over there. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Dan, I'm, I'm interested. Where do you see your involvement with this project? Um, in five or 10 years, do you think you're still going to be involved? Um, and where do you, I, I, again, I'm asking for speculation, but where do you think this kind of research, because I can see this sort of thing being 
useful in in all sorts of of ways this kind of technology and the kinds of things that are being done and and so forth do you see this branching into other areas that might be fruitful um certainly with the technology there'll be some branching out um into other areas um other countries may may discover that uh, the technologies that we're bringing to bear on the mission um, are within their own reach uh, in terms of technology and budget, and that they may want to take an interest in finding um, you know, their own airplane crashes and trying to f- uh, find their own MIAs. I, I myself see myself in five or 10 years still doing this. I hope I can maintain my health uh, <laughs> you know, long enough where I can, I can uh, keep executing the mission which for me is some of the most satisfying work I've ever done in my life. Um, the DPAA is interested in increasing the numbers of discoveries every year. Um, and one of the ways that they're doing that is by partnering with ever more organizations. Of course, they partner with us, uh, Project Recover, University of Delaware, Scripps uh, on the West Coast, uh, but there, but there are a number of small and large startups, nonprofits that really believe in the mission, and uh, and the DPAA is a, is evaluating them, and if they meet their criteria, they do reach out and partner with them, and then send them out on missions. Uh, they've already done most of the research on the on the planes that are the most promising, and uh, and so partners are working all over the world uh, right now. Uh, there's a, a you know, we consider ourselves pretty lucky and pretty privileged to be working with the DPAA to do this kind of work. Um, and so it, the kind of work tends to attract the best kind of people who are also at the same time highly qualified. Well, it has been a wonderful show. We'd like to thank our guest for this 478th show, Dr. Dan Davis, Professor of Classics, History, and Marine Archaeology in the History Department at Luther College. We've been talking about the Defense POW MIA Accountant Agency. The History Buffs for today's show were Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio and on the web at tunein.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.